Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am Mike O'Brien. I am in Boston, Massachusetts with my amazing co-host, Mr. Jeff Taylor, down in Orlando, Florida. How are you doing today, Jeff? Woot, woot. I'm doing woot. fantastical. Woot, woot. I don't... I, I, Both I'm of those things were it. terrible things to say. I don't know. I don't know if, the, what the, if that's what the kids say. You're 67 years old, so I don't know if you should be saying <laughs> I, it. But. Honestly, I don't think the kids have said that since uh, I was a kid. Woot woot, holler back. Woot woot. Who's that? Fabulous. It's a disco call, dude. It's from the disco era. It's before me and before you. Woot, woot. Well, fabulous. It's a disco it. call. Oh, MCA okay. get rough, y'all. All right. Well, make sure you edit this out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. That was my anyway, audition to be in the Beastie yeah, Boys. Was, I hear they're it, looking for another member. They do need a new member. That is true. For a couple years, rip, looking for rip the right MCA, guy. the man, there the myth, go. the legend. He was great. Um, so this wonderful uh, podcast can be heard on all, I just f- figured out all platforms. We got the Google, we got the, the, the iTunes, you got the Spotify, you got all the, the, the apps. So if you're listening to this, tell all your friends that you just put in the Michael Bryan show, it will come up. You might have to look for it a little bit. I was interested to see it. that there are places that I didn't even know that podcasts could exist that people are listening to. We have was it three people in Taiwan and one person in Hong Kong listening to us? That's exciting. We were the 129th most listened to podcasts in Taiwan. Or something yes, like that. We, we actually made the chart. <laughs> we made the charts. We were 42nd in sports podcasts in Taiwan, and then we quickly dropped to 129th. I have not looked back to see what we are now, but I'm assuming um, it's... Sh- well, we went back up on the third, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know if they, we'll it was see. in Taiwan or not. Hopefully, we have a loyal listener in Taiwan. I'd love that. That'd be amazing. And if you do, email the show. What, what is the email to the show again, Jeff? The Real Mob Show. That's the Real M-O-B Show. The Real M-O-B Show at gmail.com. Please, our listeners in Taiwan, please let us know that you are listening to the show. And, and if we know you or if you're just random, I, I just there's lots of things. I, Do I know someone in Taiwan? I don't know what's going on. I don't want to disappoint the person in Hong Kong that listens, but I'm not going to lie. I really hope it's Steve Bannon because I know he spends a lot of time over there. So I'm hoping that he, uh, he's, he's Steve Bannon is our guy. If Steve Bannon's a fan of me, I'd be very excited, and I don't know why, but I would, just because of his whole look, because I feel like that's what I'm going to look like in 10 years, is I mean, just Steve Bannon just giving up on life wearing sweatpants and a weird jacket all the time. Politics aside, the guy is a Harvard uh, graduate in business and uh, like ran Goldman Sachs. And yeah, then became and he just looks like a complete and utter homeless person. <laughs> then, he, then he did the then he did the Breitbart News Morning Show. He went from that to the Breitbart News Morning Show, and now I think so he's trying to to uh, free China, and he's doing it from Hong Kong, if I'm not mistaken. Is so he? I well, hope he could get arrested here. I think I don't know. I yeah, there's no telling. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we had a big week, uh, Jeff and I. I, I had a, a very big week. I, I, I last episode. I talked about what I was going to do, and I finally did it. It started off with Friday with a whale watch with my lady friend and I. And we do a whale watch every year. Love whale watches. Usually go to, um, usually go up to Gloucester to do it for this local private thing that's just you go up to Gloucester for the day it's great you go get some cheap lobsters they're cheap as hell you have some drinks hop on this whale watch and they like 
the ones out of Gloucester are basically like, hey, do you want to touch this whale? And you're like, yeah, I want to touch this whale. Like they get so close to the whales. I did the one out of the aquarium and it was a bit, it's a big boat. And one thing that just irked, there's a lot of things that irked me about this one. One, they didn't get really close to the whales. They stayed really far away from the whales, which I understand seems, that's seems what you're safe. supposed to do. Seems safe. It seems safe for you and the whale. A month ago, a whale just like jumped and landed on someone's fishing boat. And it's a hilarious video because no one got hurt. And who knows if the whale got hurt? Maybe the whale got hurt. I don't know. And I didn't ask him. But um, they got really far. They were just really far away. But also, like, but wait, friend, that whale was like, hey, hey, you're too close. You're too yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm jumping hey, on the boat. Up. I'm jumping on the boat. Back up. I'm going to let you know you're too close. So my lady friend and I immediately go up to the top. We're like one of like 20 people. There's no chairs up there, but that's where you go. You're up on the top because there's inside of it. And then once the whales come, everyone comes up and then they're like, hey, move aside for the kids. I'm like, no. If the kid if the kid got up here when they were supposed to get up here, they would have a, a thing on the railing, bro. Like I let them go. I'm not letting you get in front of me now because you can when see I do over that, him or her. Well, but or then it. when I do that, now I'm behind some child, eight year old child, and the parents are looking at me like, why are you hovering over my child? So then I have to go back and let them get in front of their kid. And now all of a sudden I'm in the middle and I don't see any whales. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe they need to maybe you need a paid seating. I am a guy who has as I've uh, matured in life. I've become a big fan of paid seating arrangements where you pay to be where you're going to sit. I love that. Yes. No more I mosh agree. pits, no more pushing to get up to the front to see a band. I want to pay but for that's a the seat. Thing with, the, with the whale watch, you don't, there's no seats when up top because you, you have to go back and forth because they're on the left side, they're on the right side. So you're constantly Draw going. squares on each side and, and square 16 on the port side and square 16 on the, on the uh, starboard side. That's your square. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. But so then the other thing that happened with the whale watch that I just was like, shut up. They're like, if you're experiencing seasickness, symptoms include, and they just kept going like, are you feeling dizzy? They're going to make you, you have nauseous? It. Are you feeling? And you're like, no, but now, you know, and they're going around like these ginger things. Do you have any symptoms of, and they just like kept for like an hour constantly like reiterating what the symptoms of seasickness is and then i'm like i don't know i feel am i feeling seasick and then it gets in your head and yes. then luckily i did not i was wearing the wristbands like a pansy but i was wearing the wristbands because once i was on my lady friend's brother's boat and i got seasick but it was mostly because i was hung over but it was the same thing like once it gets like it rocks once and once it gets in your head you're like oh no now i'm gonna get seasick so they're constantly reminding you the sea was calm as hell that day but then there's still people on the bottom that are just like you're pale as a ghost and i don't know if they're throwing up anywhere but but it's all it was all their fault why are you constantly reminding me what seasickness is like I, just I agree. let the people live i agree it's getting your head and then from there we went kind of liquored up i was at my appropriate drunkenness to nick's comedy stop to see the great bill burr on friday night at nick's comedy stop there's about 150 people there did the brother-in-law come he started the what? No, no, no. My my late friend's brother did not come. Um, I tried to get people to come and uh, the, for the third person. You cried. No wolf, one bro. came. I, yeah, no one came. So, anyways, so go see Bill Burr, and I go to Nick's. I perform at Nick's all the time. I'm friends. I know everyone there. Um, and Katie Pettengale is the great great waitress there. She's my my roommate's mother. Yes, I'm 41 with a roommate, and my roommate's mother, Katie. Um, she's a waitress there. She's one of the most famous waitresses in Boston. And whenever the bartender like 
pours the wrong drink or something like that. She just gives it to me. And it's literally, uh, I do bits about it when I'm on stage, how she gives me a drink. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And I'll drink it. And I'm like, oh, it's good. One time it was like a raspberry tequila. It was the grossest thing I've ever had in my life. I couldn't even drink it. But so she gives me a Jameson and ginger, which I just can't do whiskey. Can't do whiskey. And a uh, espresso martini, which I wanted, but my lady friend wanted the espresso martini. So I give her the espresso martini. I drink the Jameson and ginger and just kind of down it. And then I just I got hammered. At, at, <laughs> I was I remember I didn't like do or say anything stupid. I just got like I was like visibly intoxicated. And I blame Katie Pattengale for giving me free drinks. Is that all that you have? For yeah, what I mean, do you think I should blame Katie for drinking the free drink and getting after I already had four or no. five? No, when you, you when you drink, you drink for pleasure. If you're drinking to drink, then it's your fault. Oh, I drink to make the voices stop. <laughs> well yeah. then yeah, then it's your fault. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the voice's fault. It's not Katie's either, fault. Katie is I a either, saint. Katie is a saint. I either don't drink or or I drink 15 Bud Lights. It's like one or the other. It's oh, To me, it's like, I say that, but then I went to trivia last night. I had like three or four or two nights ago. Yeah, but they're like half off, right? They're they're buy one, get one free. What's the deal with the trivia night? I, I, I was in Boston. Well, no, we're in Boston. There is no there is no um deals other than Coogan's where I brought Bro, you. That's, where I, that's what Lights. I'm talking about. Yeah, dollar Bud Lights. Yeah. There you go. That's just dollar Bud Lights, but that's all the time. There is no deals. There's no, there is no happy hour in Massachusetts, which I've heard it's going to maybe change soon. So who knows? Is about that a that. law? It's a law. What a ridiculous these girls, law. These girls in the 80s like drank, you know, it was like buy one pitcher, get 20 pitchers free or something like that. And they got hammered coming from the bar and one of them i don't know specifically but someone's dad was somebody i want to say it was a state representative or something like that and then they banned happy hour after these girls great great so this is yep. the classic overreaction they drank too much they it was they drove and then they it's the bar's fault yep so 100%. happy birthday to me happy yeah. birthday to me 67 yeah, so it was my birthday over the weekend, and uh, what I wanted to talk about that happened to me this week is that I got a lot of birthday love, which I greatly appreciate, but my uh, good friends and who have green thumbs sent me a plant for my birthday, and I don't know how much plants cost because I don't typically buy plants, but what I do know is that it costs $60 to plant a plant that someone bought you for your birthday because I went to Home Depot yesterday. I had to buy a pot. I had to buy potting mix. I had to buy plant food, and I had to buy a trellis because this is a vine plant. So what? Yeah, what kind of plant is it? Jasmine. From what I hear, when it finally grows and takes over my fence where I put it next to, my backyard will smell pristine. It'll smell so good. So what is the point of jasmine? I've heard of jasmine. Can't you eat it? Is that like jasmine rice? You can make or tea out of it. You can make tea you out make of it. Tea jasmine out of rice it. is different. Jasmine rice is just a, a particular grain of rice, but. You can make tea out of jasmine. It has a taste and a smell that's very pleasant. So this person basically got you something that you didn't want and then told no, you I you want have it. to invest them out. You wanted, I, did, you, I, I wasn't asking for it, but I did, I did want it. When I got it, I was very excited. I mean, if I didn't want it, it would have gone in the garbage and I would have never planted it. How did they How did they send, they send it to you? It came in like a box. Three, it just came in a box. It came in a box. And, but it had to have had some sort of pot or something. Well, like it, was in a, it was in a little tiny pot. Uh, that it said to take it directly out of that pot and put it in a better pot. 
and it had uh, water and a plastic bag that was tightly wound around it. And uh, I was interested because I pulled the, I, I wet the, the roots and pulled the roots out. And half of the pot was filled with this gelatinous material that I guess like soaks the moisture in and keeps it moist yeah. longer. But uh, I, I did all of that yesterday. I got the, the plant planted. It's beautiful. And uh, so that, but I uh, also talked to Mike today because I, we spoke about me going to the 80s show recently. You love you love going to non-bands bands shows. It turns out I, I didn't know I had this thing, but I, I was talking to my wife yesterday. We're going to go see a Queen cover band in the near future. Of course, future. why yes. not? But then Queen, if you go see the real Queen, it is a Queen cover band because it's it, it's not Freddie Mercury. Well, to so. be honest with you, though, I mean, at this age, I, I don't think that the guys that were originally in Queen can put in as good of a sh- put on as good of a show as a bunch of 25 year olds dressed up like the guys were, that were in queen. And I got to say, like if you live anywhere in the United States of America or Canada, North America, I should say, you can see classic albums live. They play all over the place. It's a really fun experience. They're not paying me to say this. I'm promoting this because it's something I really do love. You go and you sit down and you watch an album of a band that you like, and it's nice and it's the right volume. It's everybody. Everything's seemingly perfect. It's very good. But anyway, what I was going to say is that I always say word when I want to end a conversation. When someone says, hey, I'm going to go to uh, Coogan's tonight for Dollar Bud Lights, I say word. That's what I say. It's been, I've said it mm-hmm. for 30 years. I don't think it's going away. Because you're soon. hip. I'm not. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, people stop saying that in like the, the late 80s, early 90s. But uh, Mike responded to me with the word letters. After I said word, which I think maybe is a joke that that's what puts you put letters together to make a word. I don't know what it means. That is but, that is that is where I go for that. Yes. But I responded just on a whim to Cleo. Yeah. Which is a band Cleo. from the 90s out of Boston who I which, had to actually look up myself to see what their song was. And I listened I don't, to it. I know the band. I had no idea they were from Boston. And if you played their song. I will do you I one would... better. I'm not going to play their song. I'm going to sing it to you. And you let me okay. know if you remember. It goes. Right. When something on a Sunday morning. And when something is about to dawn. And I just want to think about. And when I'm a salmon and I'm a better. Yes. When I'm a salmon and I'm a better. I kind of remember it. I just want to think about. You can stop about though. You can, you can now stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's and I never never said that. Yeah, that's an amazing <laughs> song. Thank you. Like I but feel like I'm at the cover band concert right now. I said to Mike, I went to that 80s show and the guitarist from Letters to Cleo, they introduce him as such, and he comes out and he plays a few of the cover songs. And it was interesting because I I had to I got philosophical on myself and I thought does the world revolve around me? Because I haven't thought about letters to Cleo in 30 years and I bring it up to Mike and then like a week later, I'm at a show and the guitarist from letters to Cleo is there. This, this all revolves around me, right? I'm the, yeah, no, I'm the center of the universe at this point. That's yes. Whatever is making the earth go round is saying, I need to send the At the same time as you're singing this horrible song, um, which is probably isn't that bad. It's a not song, a bad song, actually. It, yeah, you're not making. No, anything. actually, I'm doing um, exactly what she does. The fact that the fact that like, did they say, oh, and it's a guitarist from letters? Like, instead of just saying, hey, it's it's Abe Froman, and he comes out and was like, hey, I'm like, the oh, sausage king of guitarist. Chicago. 
Yeah, whatever. Like, whatever his name is, he comes out and like, oh, it's a guitarist from Letters of Clear. People are like, oh, my God. No, it was the exact opposite reaction. Are you kidding me? I can't believe I'm witnessing this. Like, you could have brought out. You could have brought out Tony Jones to come out and be like, hey, this is uh, Tony Jones. He was the guitarist of Letters of Cleo. I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's exactly the reaction that was gotten. (laughs) But I'm saying like, who knows if it's him or not? Like no one. Oh, I Googled knows. It. No one I Googled cares. it afterward. It was definitely him and he was there to center my universe. I'm telling you. Did he come out acting like people were going to. He, he put like, his arms like, in the air like people do when yeah. they come at these like doing the weird like arm, both arms up bow like, thing. Was, was he thinking like people were going to react like Stone Cold just came out or something like that and lose <laughs> I, their minds? Or <laughs> I, I don't know what he was expecting, but I will say it was a British band that uh, does these covers and the singer was like. Oh, our good friend is here from guitarist from Letters to Cleo, such and such. And he walks yeah. out with the arms up like he won the Super Bowl. And the crowd reaction was like, oh, OK. Yeah, cool. And, 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 and dude, I'm pretty song? like I will never, ever take away. No, they didn't play their song. I will no. never, ever take away the fact that that dude like reached the mountaintop. He was a musician that played in a band. They had a hit. They probably still can make money going and playing that hit surrounded by a bunch of songs that nobody's ever heard or they have their hardcore fans that know the album and like the songs they can do that forever but the guitarist from the cover band was better than the letters to cleo guy so we actually kind of got gypped i mean the songs would have sounded better if the guitarist from the actual band would have played well, I mean, I, I, it just you and your cover band. I love me some cover bands. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that every time we do this show, you you just go to a new cover band. Depending on de- depending on when we do the next show, I potentially will have gone to see another cover band. I, I say that yet I do trivia bar trivia like once a week. Once you do bring week, that up so a I lot. Can't say, yeah, I love me some bar trivia. Other thing that happened to me. This was about a month ago, and it, it reminded me because I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, how Joe List and Louis C.K. are on it promoting their movie Fourth of July, which they did a premiere here in Boston because Joe and uh, Louis C.K. are both from Boston. I know Joe List. I've known him for a while. We're not friends. We're acquaintances. He knows me. I know him. But when he I heard he was doing this movie with Louis C.K., I was like, oh, my God, like Joe List made it, you know, like I'm proud of him. Dan Bolger, who was on here before, is really good friends with him. He said he was going to it. You can buy tickets. I was like, oh, I want to go to this. I want to go to this. And it was Friday night and I was doing Knicks and I forgot that it was happening. This is about a month ago. I think it was Saturday night and I forgot that it happened. And so I do my set. I come back and I and Katie, Katie and I and some people will go out for drinks sometimes after Knicks. And I said, are we going out for drinks? And she said, no, I'm going to the Schubert for Joe and Louis thing. And I was just like, oh, when did that start? She was like, like right now. And luckily it was right around the corner. So I run over to the Schubert theater and I'm like, I'd like to buy a ticket for this movie. And as I'm doing it, my friend Mike Pincus comes down from the balcony and I go, oh, I'll sit with you, Mike. He goes, oh, yeah, it's empty up here. So I was like, "Okay, perfect. And so I go to buy a ticket and they're like, oh, we just shut the box office down. And I was like, "Okay, well, how much is it? And there are like 25 bucks. And I was like, well, I have thirty dollars. I'll leave. Here's thirty dollars cash. I'm just going to go sit up in the balcony. She's like, well, we don't know if you would be sitting in someone else's seat. And I'm like, well, he just told me the balcony's empty. 
and if someone comes, I'll just move. You know, like I'll just move I'll to another leave. seat. I'll leave. Uh, whatever. If I'm, I'm like, seatless, I'll leave. I'm like, here's money. I'm giving you money. I'm not trying to come in for free. I just want to. I'm like my friend. I was like my friend Joe List is. This is his movie. I want to see it. I want to support my friend. And I just want to go. Here's thirty dollars. I'm not trying to go in for free. And then she's like, "Let me call the manager." And then the manager comes. I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" So now I'm in like in the thing. I'm like, "I'm just gonna leave. Like, don't worry. It's not a big deal. I'll just leave." And she's like, "No, no, no, no. Stay. I want you to go to the thing." And the manager comes. He makes a big deal about it. And then he takes out this like guest pass he's like well i can't take your money because we have nowhere to put it i was like what so now i feel like i have to if i see joe i owe him 30 dollars or something Just like give him that 30 you bucks. Know? give him 30 yeah. bucks and so actually and so buy the, the movie when it's available on louisck.com which is, i believe it, is now it's right now so yeah. i'll just buy it right now for 15 bucks Whatever. there you go we're giving and, a free plug on our podcast three yeah. people oh. in taiwan are gonna buy your movie Louis. <laughs> yeah, right. go to louisck.com or the fourth of the fourth of july movie.com and you can buy uh buy the movie to buy stream. the movie and so then the manager he goes well i need to give you a seat and he goes in there and he sees a seat and he writes down this thing and he goes he, he goes guest of joe list on the thing i was like yo no 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 i'm like you're not putting anything of me being a guest of joe list at this thing as i'm getting in for free and he's just like well what name do you want me to put on it and i'm like Bob Stevens, you know, and yeah. he's like, right. Sound Bob Stevens. I'm like, gee, like the most difficult thing, like just take the $30, dude, you could have pocketed the 30 bucks. Like, just let me, it's at, it was like not even three. It was half full. It was yeah. half full. You know, it's just like, no, it wasn't. It was full. See. It was full. Louis CK and Joe list filled that theater. I remember was I was full. there. I remember yeah, I paid for my full. ticket beforehand showed up at an appropriate time and went in and I was sitting in the balcony. It was completely full. There was literally one seat downstairs that was available. And then this guy showed up and sat in it. Guest of Joe list. I hear Yeah, guest of Joe list. And so then afterwards we go to the fourth wall, which is a bar in the theater district and uh, a Bulger and I go over and uh, there's, and then there's Joe List, there's Louis C.K., Nick DiPaolo. I bought Nick DiPaolo a drink. But I've met Louis C.K. a handful of times. It's mostly just like, hey, I'm Mike. And he just like shakes your hand and keeps walking. But here, like, it was like if you were at that party, you knew someone, you know? So it's just like, oh, hey, great job. He goes, hi, what's your name? And I'm like, I don't, what, wait, what? Like, you were talking to me now? And I'm like, oh, I'm Mike. You, I, I really liked it. He goes, oh, great, thanks. He's like, are you a kind? And he was like talking to me. And I was so like, wasn't expecting to talk to Louis CK. I thought it was just going to be like, great job and shake his hand and keep going. And I, I totally like clammed up when I was talking to Louis CK. And I, I was really kind of embarrassed about you, it. Next time you do something like this, you should take a Xanax beforehand. You and no, Louis, you would be on Louis C.K.'s boat pointing out uh, that there's something floating in that the water. There's something floating in the water and don't, don't, don't keep moving your boat forward Yeah, yeah as it crashes into the low tide. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. You don't know that story? Yeah, he he like he, his boat. No, he, he, called, he, boat he called in to the Coast Guard that there was something peculiar in the water and he sat there and he waited for them to show up and they called him back and they were like that's a buoy that's been there for 175 years <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's right. but he had something with a boat where he like got close to shore and then low tide happened and he had to like sit there and wait for, for high the tide high tide to come, tide come back. back yeah, yeah. So i've <laughs> been there done that 
Um, but yeah, that was, it's just like, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is people making their job. I'm not, I'm not belittling anyone's job. I'm, I'm an effing tour guide. You know, I yes. drive in circles. I point making their job harder on their own is bad. Making them job more harder and more difficult and trying to be more important than it actually is. They, I do it. People I work with do it and other people do it where you're just like, dude, just take the money and let me in the damn theater. Yeah, they're worried you know, about getting like, in trouble. Do the do these things with no fear. The odds of you getting in trouble are so low. Just don't be don't worry about getting in trouble. Do it and uh, you know deal with the consequences. Take Mike's what? thirty bucks. Give it directly to Joe List. You become what you, you become friends with Joe List. He puts you on as his opener. And Mike O'Brien's like, if I would have just given the 30 bucks to joe list i'd be opening for him right, right now. next time i see joe i'll give him 30 dollars. <laughs> but yes i but what what trouble what trouble would he have gotten that he let me in there like would would someone some someone with the production company or whatever which i don't even think there is a production company be like who is this man sitting in this seat at this time he walked in 20 minutes into the movie theater and sat there and didn't say anything and ruined the whole experience like what trouble would have happened well, I, I don't know I, I i'll play devil's advocate here Let's say this guy that you've never met before who could potentially be a drunk alcoholic moron, which that's I mean, me. Yep. Goes in, gets hammered, and starts was, heckling the movie, starts a scene, and then they're like, show me your ticket. <laughs> and then I'm like Bob Stevens, friend of Joe List. <laughs> Only because they didn't take your money. If you if they had taken your money, yeah. you would have been rando guy, no ticket. That is true. Good I point. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, wow. I got to think about these things, Mike. Well, yeah. Well, this is a great story time with uh, Jeff and Mike. Jeff got a plant. I made a fool of myself at a movie premiere. You know, just regular, normal stuff in the day in the life of Mike and Jeff here. But uh, we got a great show today. Very much looking forward to it. We have Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com uh, talk about the dumpster fire that is the Boston Red Sox right now. He didn't really call it a dumpster fire. I'm calling it no, a he saw fire. it. He saw it glass half full. You saw it glass half empty. Let's just... Uh... I- I said I'm excited about the future, but I just don't understand how, I mean, injuries, but we'll, we'll talk to Chris more about that. We also have the great Matt Devlin, the the, the great uh, Matt Devlin with his amazing gray beard to talk the news and some stories. And we had a great time with Matt. Matt Devlin is a wonderful uh, comic based out of uh, Massachusetts and L.A. He had one of the greatest shows I've ever been on Venice Underground on Venice Beach. You should look that up. That's still going strong. Uh, even though he's over in Massachusetts. So thank you so much uh, for listening. And we're just going to take a quick break and get right to Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com. Hello and welcome back to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am here with MassLive's own Chris Cotillo uh, to talk about the the interesting Boston Red Sox this year. One thing I always I find out about the Red Sox is either they're going to make the World Series or they're going to be in last place. There's no like in between with the Red Sox the past ten years, and I just always find it fascinating how that happens. How do you think that happens? Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, I don't think it's what they're trying for. You know, when they hired Heim Bloom. They were going for consistency. They were going for a team that would compete year in and year out for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, so far 2020 last last year, they were, you know, two games away from the World Series and now probably a last place finish again. You know, I think it's just uh, at this point, I think a bad allocation of resources a few years ago is trying to is starting to catch up. And then, you know, the injury bug this year, um, I think they had an incomplete roster to start the year. And once you 
get as hurt as they did, it's hard to overcome. So, um, you know, a few things didn't go their way. I think both, you know, management and the players are to blame. But um, as we sit here, you know, mid-August, it looks like, you know, six weeks of irrelevant baseball in Boston to end the year. And I don't think that was anyone's goal heading into it. Yeah, it's weird how last year was kind of the same situation, a really, really bad start where you're like, oh, well, this team, I remember seeing just uh, tweets of mine and, and posts of mine that said, oh, well, I'm all done with this team and I can't wait for $10 baseball. Now people, and $12 people, people, say, people say that if they're 500 too. So. Yeah, that's true too. That is yeah. true. But they were really bad last year at the beginning of the year. They were really bad this year at the beginning of the year. And then they had that, what was it, uh, that June basically, where it was like the best month of baseball of any baseball team ever. And then on, everyone got hurt and then that was it. But mm-hmm. then the trade deadline comes and you're like, are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? They're still kind of make the, the playoffs there. But they trade Christian Vasquez, which is like one of five catchers in baseball that can hit and catch. That's just like it doesn't happen. You either catch or you hit. There's there's never a guy who can do both. He's one of the few that can do both. He wants to stay with the Red Sox and they trade him for two minor leaguers that you know, could be good, could be bad. You never know. You, they, they, they say they're right. going to be good, but you never know really what's going to happen with them. He said he wanted to stay. How much would Christian Vasquez go this season uh, as a free agent where they are like, all right, let's get rid of him. He's, he's gone. Well, I think that part of the rationale there is that they think they can bring him back as a free agent. You know, they have the rights to negotiate with him just like every other team does. I think, you know, with the familiarity between the sides, him knowing the pitching staff, a lot of guys will be on the staff next year. I think it is a possibility. And so, you know, it's always better in in, in theory than it is in practice. We've seen that before. Uh, John Lester, a lot of people thought he's going to re-sign with the Red Sox when they traded him to Oakland. But there have been examples of it, you know, like the Yankees traded a role as Chapman at the deadline, rent him to the Cubs for um, a little while he won the title and they signed him to a big deal and you know they get to keep labor torres and the other prospects for a while so um i think the red sox are probably going to look at acquiring him they're definitely going to have to get a starting catcher over the winter so why not bring back the guy that you know um you know the, the thing with that trade for me was uh you know less about kind of the on-field stuff i think just you know if you look at in totality what they did at the trade deadline between vasquez eric Hosmer, tommy fam mcguire you know, maybe the team is, you know, 1% better, 1% worse, whatever it's arguable. You know, Fam started off hot. Uh, yeah, Osmer really was, was up and down. Maguire's actually played pretty well. Vasquez is kind of in a backup role in Houston. All that aside, you know, the, the, the impact in the clubhouse, I think, was um, a lot. You know, Xander Bogart publicly questioning the, the uh, direction of the team. You had, you know, other players who were really upset about that. I was in Houston when those deals were going down and, you know, they were de- devastated because that's a guy that they've liked and a guy they've known for a long time. So um, it just, it didn't send a message about a contending team and they've come out flat since then. You know, you think about losing three or four in Kansas city right after then, or what they did, you know, three and three, that disappointing road trip getting blown out last night against the blue Jays. It's just, you know, they haven't really uh, used that as a spark. It's kind of gone the other way since the deadline. I think, um, you know, that that's a move that's going to be second guess for a while, but I do think there's a chance that Vasquez is back uh, as a starting catcher next year. Do you think it would have been a better move for the Red Sox to uh, trade Vasquez to the Astros for one of their MLB ready young pitchers that they clearly were, putting on the trade block before the trade deadline as opposed to minor leaguers? Yeah, I just don't think you can get that guy for a rental. You know, it's always tough to get that guy for two months. And look, this is the way the Astros valued Vasquez as their backup to Martin Maldonado. And Martin Maldonado doesn't hit at all, but he has a great command for the pitching staff. He's a great game caller and a great leader. So they always start him. You know, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I know Vasquez is starting like every third day and coming in as a pinch hitter. So the Astros were like, 
you know, they're offering the Red Sox a package for a backup catcher, you know, and the Red Sox clearly like the two kids they got, um, Valdez and Abreu, you know, Valdez has played well in Worcester since he got acquired. They're two guys that are, you know, fast risers. They both had really good years. Um, you know, they could you know, help out if not by the end of this year, uh, we'll see then next year. I think, you know, they're, they're excited about them. Um, but the the offer wasn't going to be your your prime guys because number one you're only getting two months of Vasquez and number two they didn't even look at him as their starting catcher. Now one thing I was surprised after they pulled the once they pulled the the, the trigger on that trade you're like oh they're going to trade everyone who's going to be a free agent now Martinez Avaldi why didn't they get anyone for those guys like why wouldn't you just say just get we're we're not making the playoffs just who knows what, what was it who who did they they trade Jeff Bagwell for Mike Bodiger or that reliever years ago, you know, or like, just take this guy. We'll take this guy, whatever. Just like, maybe, maybe this guy will be good. Like we're not going to use him. Why wouldn't they just get anything for him? Well, I think there's a couple of things there. You know, the qualifying offer is a big deal. You know, if they can, uh, if those guys sign elsewhere, then you obviously get a draft pick though. The fact they're over the collective bargaining tax, you know, they get a lesser draft pick, which is a whole other thing. And and another kind of mistake they've made that I think is going to cost them down the road. Um, you know, with with Evaldi, I, I don't know if the value is there. He came back with diminished velocity. Um, you know, obviously he was it's hard again. He went on the injury list yesterday, so he's got the injury stuff that we've seen you know a couple of times this year. With Martinez, he's had a really you know bad few months. Same thing as last year. Started off really really hot. Was great in April and May, and then it's been really bad since June. I think he's probably saw through that, and we're not willing to offer much. They wouldn't trade Bogarts. They took him off the table. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys that I think they really should have entertained deals for that they didn't. I think John Schreiber is one of them. You know, he's a guy who emerged this year out of nowhere. You turn a waiver claim into a, a really good reliever with four or five years of control. Trade that guy, see what you can get for him. You know, Tanner Houck is another guy that people would have probably gone crazy for on the trade yeah. market. Um, but I know they like him long term, either as a reliever or a starter. But um, they had a couple of guys with a lot of value, obviously controllable guys. And um, you know, for just to be Vasquez and Deepman, I thought was a little bit of a surprise. But they were trying to walk that line. They were they were in purgatory and they acted like it. They were trying to buy and sell, and you know, this is the, what they thought the um, you know, best way to do it was. And they hoped that you know if they don't re-sign the guys who are about to walk, then you know at least that they can you know, recoup some value with those draft picks they get. Yeah, we're getting to my favorite point of when the Red Sox are bad the last month and a half of season where I can uh, get $7 tickets sit wherever I want and drink all the $12 Bud Lights I want with no line. I'm really excited about doing that. Uh, living in Boston, I always go last second. It's great. But why am I not see Trishan Cassis? And I mean, I've seen Bello and Bello, the pitcher, he's fine but when he gets hit i mean he get i went to his first game and you're just like wow the first couple innings like this guy's really good and then all of a sudden it's just like darts all over the field like when he gets hit he gets drilled yeah no i mean he's he uh i think there's and he'll pitch tonight um i think with the thing with with those guys is they they want to they think that the best major league product is what they have. So, you know, that at first base the last two weeks has been Eric Hosmer and Bayo has been hurt. So he has not really been able to factor into the mix. Yeah. He's, he'll be back tonight. Um, you know, and I wrote last night, it's time for them to kind of end the charade and for them to put these kids out there so we can see what they have, you know, like they think it's time for tryouts. I think, you know, you see, you know what you have in Frenchy Cordero, right? Like let's see Casas for the last six weeks, see if he can play in the majors. Um, I think that, you know, you need to see a lot of Bayo and Cutter Crawford and some of these other arms at AAA, 
you know, it's, it's, it's not really going to hurt. And Heim Bloom in an interview with The Athletic yesterday said, you know, it might send the wrong message to a team that's still fighting. I mean, they're still fighting on paper, right? But they're, we have a 4% chance of making the playoffs. And, you know, if you just look at the schedule they have, a lot of games against Toronto, a lot of games against Tampa, teams that they just are, are you know, objectively worse than, um, I think it's time to kind of see what you have. So I'm at that point. I don't think they are yet. I do think it would help with fan interest down the stretch, right? Like mm-hmm. people would go to Casas' debut. People would go to see, you know, I remember there was a buzz around the ballpark that night when Bayo pitched, obviously yeah, it didn't go particularly huge. well against the Rage, but um, I wouldn't give up on him quite yet. You know, I think that he, they rushed him maybe a little bit earlier than he was ready just because they literally didn't have anybody else in the rotation, um, you know, with Evaldi and Waka and Whitlock and all those guys going down at once. So, um, you know, when they brought him up, they probably weren't thrilled to be doing that. He was the fourth rookie they brought up. They'd already gone with Winkowski, Seabold and Crawford at that point. Um, but he was starting to show signs right before he went on the injury list coming out of relief. And, and they liked the way he pitched against Milwaukee and how he was pitching against Houston before he strained his groin. So, you know, they're looking for some steps forward here from him in the next few months. I think it's interesting that, you know, obviously Nate of all these injury kind of forces their hand on this again with him, but you know, that he's going to be back in the majors. They decided that, um, you know, he'll pitch instead of going back to triple A and starting the last month there. Now, one thing I always they're, they're relievers for the past, even when they're good, their relievers are just a nightmare. I mean, Matt Barnes, he had one good half a year, a year and a half ago, and everyone's still like, hey, remember when he was an all star? It's like, yeah, he had like two months of good baseball and ever he just he's bad. Bra- uh, Brazier's bad. Like they, they put these guys in and you're just like, oh, they're going to give up every run that's on the field right now. And you just know what's going to happen the second they come in. Why don't they just like what you kind of wrote about what? why don't you just grab some relievers or some guys that yeah. are off the waiver wire and just like, Hey, let's just try these guys first to see what they could do. Cause sometimes, especially with relievers, you just get a change of scenery. All of a sudden you're good. Yeah. You know, I think they do have the basis setting in the next year with kind of the big three of, of Whitlock, uh, Hauk, who is hurt right now. And then Schreiber, who they kind of worked him into the ground and, you know, he hasn't been good in the last month or so. So you start there and it's kind of like, Oh, let's see what kind of complimentary pieces you might have. Um, you know, I think the the Ryan Brazier, you know, we've seen is just so inconsistent that you can't really throw him out. Um, you know, Salomar is actually a guy who's been pretty good. I can see him factoring in next year. Austin Davis has like a nine ERA since the middle of June, so you got to figure that experiment's over. They're working to see if Juris Familia has anything left in the tank, the former Mets All Star closer. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys at AAA, you know, whether it be Frank German or Edward Bizzardo. Zach Kelly's a guy who's turned head, so I say bring them up. You know, you have really nothing to lose with them. Um, you know, see if they can give you something. And, and honestly, this is probably overdue. You know, there's too many times we saw whether it be Caleb out there or other guys early in the season, Hansel Robles, who they had to DFA, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, the bullpen really never had enough arms. They were short the whole time. It lost them a lot of games. Uh, it's not like, you know, fixing that now is going to fix the season, but yeah. at least gives you something to work on. It's a head start heading into next year. Yeah. One thing uh, before we, we let you go here, thank you for coming on with us, but yeah. uh, you talked about Cassis today. Uh, what it, I mean, my whole life, there's always been that first baseman in Pawtucket, now Worcester, Sam Horn, Phil Plantier, Lars Anderson. You're always yep. hearing these guys, these guys, these guys. I've never, ever seen a first baseman come from uh, AAA to come up and actually do anything of substance with the Red Sox. What are the chances that this is the one? 
Yeah, well, you know, they their best first base prospect probably in the last 15 years was Anthony Rizzo, and you know, yeah, I know they traded him, but they, he turned into a pretty good major leaguer. I mean, the kid has kind of checked every box. He's a first-round pick. You know, he's been great throughout his entire professional career. Arizona Fall League, he dominated. Team USA last year, he dominated. You know, Mike Social was his manager there. He raved about him. You know, there's a lot of hype around him, you know, just because he's like your blue chipper from the beginning. First rounder who is, you know, progressed through every level. You know, Triple I think the numbers don't drop, jump off the page average-wise, but the OPS is there. A little bit of power. Defensive, you know, defensively, he's been pretty good at first. And hitting the ball hard all over the field. Um you know, just kind of in, like in the case of Bayo, like it's always hard when these guys come up and there's so much hype and they don't produce right away. You know, you think about Do- Bobby Dahlbeck a couple of years ago, he had like yeah. eight home runs in his, you know, first 15 games. And it's like, oh, well, you know, this kid's great. And he's an instant fix at first. And then, you know, look at what the last two full seasons have been. I think that's really a better indicator. Same thing with a guy like Mike Trout or Aaron Judge. Those guys come up and struggle immediately. And, you know, they turn into superstars eventually. So this market is not one where patience usually runs the day. But I think, you know, with these guys, it's probably, you know, better off. Like, you know, Bayo uh, is probably going to end the year with an ERA above five or six. He's still their top pitching prospect, right? You know, like Casas is a guy that, you know, he might come up and struggle in September, but he's still, you know, their, their best major league ready position player prospect. So it's always tough to kind of, you know, mesh the hype with the instant results. I say, you know, be a little bit more patient. I know no one ever listens to that, um, but he does have all the tools. He does have the pedigree. I know they're super high on him. Well, thank you so much for for joining us, Chris. Uh, Look forward to the last month and a half of the season here. You'll see me in the first three rows pounding Bud Lights and yelling at everyone, and I'm really excited about this. And uh, thank you so much for for joining us and and really looking forward to the the, the Worcester Red Sox I'm hopefully going to be watching here. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Take care. Welcome back to the Mike O'Brien Show. We'd also like to thank... Mr. Chris Cotillo of uh, MassLive.com for coming on, talking about the Red Sox. Now we are going to do our favorite segment of the show, the news segment with my good personal friend, Matt Devlin, comedian now in Boston, used to be out in in Los Angeles area, one of the best shows I ever did. He he set up in, um, why am I, why am I losing my mind on the beach? What beach was it? Venice. Venice Beach, of course, where the, the crazies. You'd walk around and look at the skateboard park and all the crazy homeless people. Oh, yeah. And it was it's an amazing if you can ever go to Venice Beach, it is the most amazing place on earth of it's a sociology experiment in live and it's uh it's amazing. What it lacks in beauty, it makes up for in shenanigans for sure. Yes, absolutely. And then my favorite thing about Venice Beach is how they just hand out slips to go be in the audience of these shows all the time like you're just walking around and they're handing you tickets to go to like the bill maher show and these all these other shows and they're just handing them to fucking psychopaths you know (laughs) i think i think though there i think there are a lot of pretty people on venice beach during the day though aren't they looking for the pretty people to go that's true yeah they want bums and seats for a lot of those things and then they keep you hostage for nine hours while they record 18 minutes of game show bullshit oh i went to the yeah i went to the uh the price is right with um with kyle kyle ploof on my birthday six years ago when i was on la it was it was easily a nine hour a nine hour day to not get my name called and it was one of the most disappointing days of my life i was so pissed yeah the only the only gong show with rob patillo did you really when he was on it yeah that's awesome. Oh, that did they? That's one of my highlights of my of my existence. Yeah. Did they make a new mm. version of the Gong Show? 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. They should have promoted it more. Will Annette Plum was at the helm. Oh, nice. He sang, Rob sang the hot dog song, right? Well, yeah, they made him him dilute it some. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, we could do an hour on. No, I know. On Rob's crazy. So Rob used to be. Uh, on 98.5 before it was a sports show and he was just basically like a radio DJ and he's insane and um, is he, he though? did something with China too he like became friends with China and helped do a documentary and they kind of got screwed out on that he's like a very interesting human being it's a fine line between insane and genius I think that's what you're that going for true. Matt the guy's probably yeah. a genius it just comes off as yeah. insane the, uh, the only TV taping I ever went to I went to an America's Got Talent taping when Howard Stern was uh, part of it and th- it was long it was a long day and if you wanted to go see Howard Stern America's Got Talent is the last place to do so I was in the same building as him which I thought was cool at the time but it sucked I could see that I saw Howard Stern when he was shooting private parts he was walking in Rockefeller Center the scene where he gets fired uh, from NBC and he walked through the thing and I was like standing on the other side and there's this big security guard who's like you can't go and I was like Howard Stern and he just looked at me and, like all angrily and then walked through the door I was like 12 big bummer. moment in my life bummer bummer yeah well let's get yeah, to the that was uh that was fun having you out there I'm st- I still live in LA but I'm I've been in Massachusetts now on this extended uh, uh excuse making tour and I <laughs> work and fun stuff to do and yeah. Doing so shows going, all over the place. Where promote some of the shows? We're doing one in Marshfield. Yeah, Marshfield, uh, the Marsh Vegas Comedy Explosion. That's Saturday night. Um, we got the Post Truth shows that are all at the uh, Situate VFW. We did some stuff at the Braintree DAV recently. Just fun street. Never knew what a shows. DAV was until I went there. Never heard of one. Didn't know mm. what it was. Disabled mm. American veterans. Mm. It's a great place, but I never heard of it ever in my life. I was always, I thought they were all just VFWs is what I, yeah. I thought they were all the same those boys like to hang out. They do so like to hang always, out. Yeah. Always fun. And then we got uh, some stuff in Webster, Mass coming up. It's uh, the second Saturdays of uh, every month down in Webster, which is in the top 20 most dangerous cities in Massachusetts per capita. Is it really? Uh, and when you, yeah, when you get out there, it's quaint. It's really cool. It's right on a river. It's got that old times sort of you know, the downtown look and yeah. town hall is like, you could have shot a, a scene in back to the future there. Well, it's um, da- it's dangerous. If you have Mike O'Brien on your show, because a bomb is going to happen. Hey, Oh, <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. I kill. Yeah. This all is a fun news. industry. Thank you guys for having me on. What God, do we, uh, what do we on. got up? What's up? Who's on first? We have, we have an amazing story to discuss where I didn't even read the story, just the headline, and I'm like, of course, this is amazing. And that's Dennis Rodman going to Russia to get out Brittany uh, Grenier from Russia. Did I, uh, did I pronounce the name right, No, Griner. Griner. I always pronounce her name wrong. Brittany Griner out of Russian jail as she's in there for stupid charges of having a cartridge of weed. And, of course, Dennis Rodman, the international diplomat, who what, say what you want about Donald Trump, but him meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un or whatever, who, who's the what's his name now? You got it. The Kim Jong-un. Yeah. is one of like the biggest things a president has ever done meeting with the North Korean prime minister, which is just crazy. But uh, the fact that it all started orchestrated over Dennis Rodman being well, friends with him. It's is just like the most absurd thing ever. It's interesting. You say I that Kim Jong-un. you did. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's interesting. It's interesting you say that, uh, Mike, because I'm reading the article today because he went. He's he's now back. And he, uh, he went to Russia. Already. Yeah. Brittany, Brittany Griner well. has not been released, but uh, North Korea and Russia have now entered an arms treaty. And Dennis Rodman facilitated the whole thing. No Dude, way. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's like me trying to like talk a bouncer into letting my drunk friends back into the club. Dennis Rodman <laughs> go to Russia. It's, just, it's <clears throat> crazy to think about if we, well, well, Jeff's kids now, what, five? Jeff's kid is going to go to world history in high school, and there's going to be a chapter about Donald Trump being president and Dennis Rodman. Like, that's going to be. Someone could do a history project about Dennis Rodman and Donald Trump and their their uh, influence on world dip- dip- uh, diplomacy. Well, I'll tell you this much. Dennis Rodman is clearly well. one of the most... Uh, he's a good diplomat because he diplomatically told his wife that the girls fell into the bed and they remained married. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy can get away with murder. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's... I think marriage number, I don't even know what, but he's been married a bunch. It doesn't hurt to have a bank account with a whole bunch of commas in it either. No, it doesn't that hurt is, at all. That is true. But I think he's he, he's... In, He's, he doesn't have as many commas as he used to, I think. Uh, he I'm sure. I'm sure. So much money, but I'm I, sure he's doing yeah, okay. I'm sure he's fine. If he's flying to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin, clearly he's got enough money to fly Did to Russia. Did he actually meet with Putin, do you know? No, no, no. I was making a joke. Oh, 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 oh. I'm about to say. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, that is just so crazy that in this time, like the first time everyone joked about it, but then when he brings like the Harlem Globetrotters and Muggsy Bogues over to North Korea to sing happy birthday to Kim Jong-un. And you're just like, I used to do a bit about how imagine if Muggsy Bogues didn't sing happy birthday and Kim Jong-un killed him. And then we had World War III because Kim Jong-un killed Muggsy Bogues. I mean, like, if, they, if he did, I, I definitely would support the troops going over there and taking him out. I would swim Muggsy. over there if I had to I would join. Muggsy I Bogues. would join the military Absolutely. immediately. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that Dennis Rodman's track record of getting actual things done is very low. So I don't think Brittany Griner's in any better position now than she was before but vladimir putin probably pretty excited about getting to meet dennis rodman and uh it's like it's like a clown coming to uh the court he's the court jester mm. yeah 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 absolutely as, as a check quiz yeah yeah right i wonder if he, he it's like i don't know what i don't know what what his purpose or why he wanted to do i mean i, I guess he wants to get Brittany out of course but I just, does he make money off of that? I'm sure there's some sort of, he's trying to set up some documentary or something like that. You know, you know how there, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You haven't heard his name. You haven't heard his name in a while. He's in the news. Yeah. He's staying relevant. Now going to uh, one of the most, uh, uh, famous newspapers in the history of the world, which has the best headlines wrong way. New York city cyclist goes insane after crashing into another biker. Now I read this. There's pictures of the which you have to if you go to the to the actual story. It's pretty hilarious because there's there's actual still photographs of the guys all flipping out in the weirdest positions ever as they're like his arms are over his head. It looks like a cartoon the way they're all reacting. So I read the article. Did you read the article, Mike? Yes, I read the article. Okay, so Where there is was it? what's the story? It's in New York it's Post. In Brooklyn. It's in, it's in the Brooklyn. it's in the New York Post, and this happened in front of a New York Post reporter. And that's why there are still photos. Unfortunately, there wasn't a camera because I'm looking through trying to find the video. I watched three different videos that had nothing to do with this. Trying to see the video, there's no video. But the pictures tell a thousand words. The funny thing is that the victim looks like he's going crazier than the assaulter. Yeah. He looks like he's throwing a hissy fit. 
because what happened is the guy, the assaulter, grabs his his phone and smashes it on the ground. So the guy's trying to get his phone back. So it looks like he's like flipping out because the guy smashed his phone. But what happened is one bicyclist is going the wrong way. Share like, share the share the link with Matt so he also has the the story. Uh, and probably yeah, should have done it. that. Before. Oh, you found it. Yeah, I've probably should have done that before. But uh, <laughs> there it is. There you go. So so um, guys going the wrong way down the bike lane which there's now bike lanes, which are great. I, I blue bike everywhere. We talked about the blue bike the last show. Um, there's, there's bike lanes. I go the wrong way. I'm a, the bikes, they complain about everything, yet they never follow any of the laws ever. So this bike is going the wrong way, and instead of swerving out of the way, the guy going the right way, he just goes head on with the other bike, which I think is just well, hilarious. First of all, people that ride bikes... There are a large percentage of them that are assholes. It's it turns out I I don't I don't I hold think it's anything. Ninety nine percent of them. Yeah. So I I love bike lanes I for the bike. I'm I'm you're not one of the ninety nine percent, buddy. You're no, you're he's one of you're, he's part of the ninety nine. Matt's you're, part of the. I'm, I'm an asshole. <laughs> All right, good. Matt's so there the you go. I don't know. Bones about it. Is it is it chick? It's a chicken or egg situation though. Were you an asshole before you got on the bike, or did the bike turn you into an asshole? Hmm. That's I, an my, interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like I know there's per- a degree of uh, there's a degree of righteousness that comes with cycling, particularly in a city. Yeah. Oh, when people crazy. are going zero miles an hour. But they never um, say. I've been hit by a car twice in L.A. Yeah. Really? Was there I, a bike I, lane there? No. Oh, see, uh, that's the thing. I love the bike lane, and we have bike lanes in my neighborhood, and I love the fact that I don't have to deal with any of the bike bullshit. But even with the bike lanes. There's still people that are, will ride three wide with two of them in the traffic lane, and you're behind them going, right. listen, can we go single file? There should be laws. There should be cops that pull over bikes if they don't follow the traffic laws. Yeah, but the traffic law states very clearly, unless you're in Havana, Cuba, that the cyclist has full access to the full lane. I'm moving to Havana, Cuba. Fucking but, take me with you. <laughs> right, but Brian. then these bikes, okay, so the bike wants to be a bike, even though they have a bike lane. Their bike lanes are all over Boston. They're, you can fit a, a, a fire truck through it because they specifically made it so the fire trucks can go through it when there's when there's backed up traffic. The fire trucks go down the bike lane and just you just hear the dun, dun, dun because they're hitting the, the barriers or whatever. But yeah. then the bikes still want to be bikes. Are be, want to be act like cars, and then they're doing that, and they're flying through red lights. My favorite one ever. I was in Boston when I was a limo driver. I'm in a I'm in a black uh, town car, pulling out of the Four Seasons. I have the green light, and this bicyclist bicyclist just blows through the red light, yells f bombs at me, and as he's moving, he doesn't even stop. Fires his full coffee at my windshield that just exploded all over the windshield. And I had this person in the back seat, and I was just like, that was the craziest thing. It was just the way the coffee exploded across my windshield. But then the bicycle is exactly like it was my fault, where I'm like, I'm going through a green light, and you just yeah. like I could have T boned you. It would have 100% been the bicyclist's fault. So let me ask I you this. a valuable lesson about uh, having the right of way doesn't necessarily mean you're going to survive. No, a car. <laughs> so, I say the same thing know. about pedestrian traffic because here in Florida, yeah, totally, they've changed the law yeah. where now the pedestrian has the right of way. I think it's ridiculous because they're never going to win that argument. Like if a car hits a person, the person is fucked. That's why the person yeah. should be the one who is paying attention, and the car should be able to drive along, and the person shouldn't walk into the road. But I guess I don't. I guess my way isn't the way it works. But let me ask you this yeah. question, Matt. 
Do you have the outfit for when you ride a bike? I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> that's that's the thing that kills me. Is I this like is my uniform. That's yeah. All right, good. That's what you should ride a bike in. That's cut what, off shorts. Yeah. Unless like you're in a race. Unless you're in an actual there. race. I know. A Why bunch, are these people wearing these outfits? I know a bunch of guys. Uh, are that, you talking about the uh, the uh, the the hugging spandex gear? Yeah, the yeah. spandex Lance Armstrong jerseys. Yeah, like yeah, why no, 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 when no, you're no, just no, like no. going to work. Do people like get off the bike in the spandex outfit, walk into the office, go to the bathroom, put on their work clothes, and then everyone's just like, "Oh, hey, Carl," and not like no one's just like, "Why? Do, why are you wearing this stupid outfit when you walk into the office?" It's I so I know people. I know people that used to do that. I lived overseas for a minute, and um, they would leave uh, like a change of clothes at work, and then they'd rock up in the morning and. I, mean, I used to mountain bike. I had those those shorts that you're referring to, but they had like a pair of like old old timey gym shorts on top of them. And you know how much how much air am I displacing with my fat, and and how much of an advantage am I going to get on a mountain bike ride that justifies looking like I'm wearing sausage casing? Short answer, not much. But for some people, there's comfort, there's padding. You know, there's it's the lifestyle. Uh, for some, I guess, but if you're going the wrong way down a one-way bike lane and you go head head first into somebody else and you lose your shit, that's special. Here's the real problem: Is it 9 a.m. yet? Yes, it's 11:45 a.m. All right, so I got time for a beer. The problem yeah. is, I've now got NewYorkPost.com in my in my browsing history, and I'm yeah. interested to see what that delivers. I'll be right back. <laughs> Right, NewYorkPost.com is the best headlines ever. I was I was googling. Isn't was, it the paper uh, of record? Isn't it the oldest paper in the United States? The New York Post. Old. Uh, let's use the Google machine on that one. I, I mean, um, I, I believe it is the oldest newspaper. I think that it was pamphlets before the New York Post. It might be. Might be the what's the other one? The New York Daily News, oldest newspaper in U.S. The Hartford Current is the oldest well, newspaper. Well, the, the oldest one that matters. Oldest U.S. newspaper and continuous publication is is the uh, Hartford Current. All right, that's crazy cool. to think about. Yeah. Well, Hartford Hartford was a was a lot more important in the 1800s, I think. Yeah, and then the whalers left, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> that's what ruined the city was the yeah, whalers. Yeah, yeah, I kind of it was it was all uphill, and then the whalers left, and that was it for Hartford. Really, yeah. But yes, bicyclists are are pretty. I, like I said, I use the blue bike, and I drive like an asshole. I'll be going to shows. I'll be going to Nick's Comedy Stop uh, uh, down in Trulies because I think that no one will nab me for an open container if I'm drinking a Trulies. My favorite one. I was riding a bike. I'm in the bike lane going up State Street, and there was like a glass bottle in the bike lane, and I ran over it. And I was on my on the phone with my buddy Ryan Capitz's kid. Because I don't know why, but Ryan Capitz called me and had me talk to his three-year-old child as I was on a bike drunk going to a comedy show. The, the bottle explodes, and I was like, oh, that was cool. And then I'm driving down Tremont Street, and my tire just explodes. And I go ass over tea kettle. as, And I, I actually was pretty agile and like lowered my shoulder and rolled through it. And everyone's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I was like, yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm actually fine. Like I had no scrapes, nothing, but I, and I still on the phone with this four-year-old and I didn't swear. And I was really proud of myself. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Like O'Brien. Yeah. I'm a hero. <laughs> so Matt, have you seen the Manti Teo doc documentary? No. 
Do you remember who this kid was? Manti Teo. No. Yeah. He was a football player uh, for Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. He was a he was a linebacker that was up for the Heisman Trophy, which is unusual. And uh, the story came out as he was finishing. He was getting ready to play in the national championship game. And uh, it the story came out that his girlfriend that had supposedly passed away before that season and was a big news story that this this collegiate athlete, his grandmother and his girlfriend died on the same day. It comes out that this was not actually a, a real person. He was being catfished by a dude. And uh, it basically derailed this guy's career. And there's a new Netflix documentary out that very much is centered on the person who catfished him, who is now a trans man that lives in... Trans woman. I'm sorry, a trans woman. I can never remember which one. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. It's, I'm it's, up on it. It's after. I got, it. I got, I got my police hat on. It's, I got it's, it. it. You, you, you associate the gender after. So it's a trans yes. woman. Okay. Yes. The, the trans woman who now I think lives in Samoa and uh, basically explains how this whole thing went down. And it's an incredible story. But the main thing is that it, uh, it paints this person in the light of you know, not being a perpetrator of an absolutely crazy, not a crime, but something you shouldn't do. And, and it ruined Manti Teo's career. I mean, he was completely. Yeah, thank you very much, because that's exactly what I was thinking. You can go and be a scumbag for two or three years, pedigree scumbag, and then they make a film about you, and those fucking checks clear. They do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't know how much she got paid for it, but the whole thing, I saw it. They make Manti Teo and her seem like, ah, you know, it happens and we're better people before. And I thank God it happened because I'm able to be this type of person where Manti Teo said the second it happened, he had crippling anxiety. He was never able to like be the linebacker that he was before because he was always worried that he was going to screw up and people are going to laugh at him. Yeah, he was having and straight so up panic, panic attacks the minute he yeah, walked into a stadium. Yeah. And, and then this person is like saying how much happier she is because it made her founder be and thank God that this happened. And it's like, what are you talking? You ruined a person's life. And not to mention she was doing it to other people too. And then whenever they're like, Hey, let's meet there. She was like, ah, oh, and just like deleted the Facebook account and started a new one with someone else. Yeah. I, I really wish they would have painted the picture of the fact that this person is a terrible person, regardless of their gender. And they really didn't do that. The end, the end scene is, is her, like hula dancing on her back porch in yeah. Samoa. It was insane to watch how yeah. they literally were justifying the fact that this was just a confused person doing something that, I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't really. This re- is just innocuous flirting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is that they, the, the person was playing like four different characters. He at the time, she, well, it was she. She was playing the girlfriend the girlfriend's brother brother the, yeah. the girlfriend's uh cousin cousin and so the cousin called and told manti Teo that she died and but and she'd already been in the hospital for an accident before and he nursed her back to life over the phone manti Teo. it's a crazy story but but also the biggest thing about it, i'm sorry to interrupt Jeff. the biggest thing about it which is what the dead spin which of all publications dead spin was like we didn't like do it to be like Manti Teo's an idiot, which he is in the situation. How do you not meet someone and just be like, oh, this was this in is the new, girlfriend. this was, this was in the newer, their catfishing was new. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I wouldn't be as big of a name as Manti Teo and say this person I never met in my life died and they're my girlfriend. Like, I don't that's, know. That's but why I love the ridiculous. dad. That's why I love the yeah. dad's perspective. The dad, the Manti Teo's dad was like, he should have known. Like, he's representing yeah. my family. He should have figured this out. He I, he's saying exactly out. what you're saying. He's saying that you never should be in a relationship for a year with a girl and never meet her. And it's always weird whenever you want to. So. It's one thing to talk to someone, but it's one thing to be like, this person is the most important person in my life and I've never met him. But the biggest thing is Deadspin. The guy was like, I don't want to, I'm not doing this like, is Manti Teo gay? Is this that? The other thing, because that was the big story afterwards. It was he trying to hide that he was gay. He's like, there was nothing about that. It was about how like ESPN, CBS and everyone ran this story and no one just Googled this person's name and looked for a death certificate. Like no one, there was no, no record of a car accident that she was killed no in. There was car that. nothing of dead. There's no, they couldn't go to Stanford and just be like, Hey, does this person even go to school here? But it just shows, it just shows how stupid the news Sorry, is. Where now. did this girl live? Uh, uh, she, she lived in Hawaii. Time girl. They're all is. from Hawaii. They were all from yeah, Hawaii. She lived in Hawaii. She, uh, yeah. she, she Hawaii. was the fun. The funny thing is that it's, uh, <laughs> If you remember the Tui Sopo name, is that how you say it, Mike? Yeah. Tui Sopo played for his dad, uh, played like for the five, Patriots. Five of them played yeah. in the NFL. They're a big NFL. They're like the rocks name. of the NFL. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to one football game in my life, and I got arrested. Nice. <laughs> there you nice. Go. Yeah. What happened? So like what any happened? any football conversations, I just wait for a lull and tell you about the time I got arrested for assault and battery on a security guard with a snowball. And, um, <laughs> what game was it? Oh, Patriots. Who are they playing? Do you even remember? Yeah, I think they called it the Snowball, and it was the Cardinals. And the guy that was handcuffed in the in the van next to me was the guy that ran on the field and tackled Junior Seau. Junior <laughs> Seau made this that. big, elaborate, like like wiped out, like oh, you really got me, kid. And this kid was he was pickled. And if I say somebody's pickled, um, they're pickled. So let me read into this story a little bit, Matt. So basically, you threw a snowball at a security guard and they arrested you for assault and battery? No, I didn't throw a snowball at the security guard. I threw a snowball and the security guard didn't like the look of me, which I get. And and then he started mouthing off. So I advised him um, of a location that he should find a means of conveyance to. And um, (laughs) he didn't like that very much. And he had on a big black puffer jacket. He didn't have on any discerning gear that said like uh, security of authority. Yeah. So yeah. I fed him another one, and then he called the state police over, and uh, I took the guy's hat. But it was a wrongful arrest. A state police hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, undercover. But it was a. Uh, um, it was a wrongful arrest and it should have been a civil suit. And the guy was just being a, a dick and everybody was throwing snowballs. If you look at the game. Oh yeah. I've seen I the footage the of that game. Teddy yeah. Bruschi was throwing snowballs into the crowd. Yeah. 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 It was like, and I'm, you know, I guess I should do some soul searching, but you got how many people can fit in that place? I don't know. Oh, but what yeah. does your shirt say? Charles Bukowski pissed here. Yeah, You may want to do some soul searching. <laughs> no, it's from a bar in LA where Bukowski used to hang out and they, they hung a plaque on the wall by the urinal. And uh if you look up uh the labor camp on Instagram or Hurt Hawks, that's uh Well they have Bukowski's tavern. LA. 
They have Bukowski's Tavern. Uh, yeah, on Dalton Street. Street. Dalton Street. Dalton. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's Dalton and Boylston Street. It's funny, though, because the message you're conveying is that Charles Bukowski pissed on your chest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there have been nights. He died in 94, but, you know, what if you got a, a stingray bite? You'd let a man piss on you. Yeah, yeah it's true. Right? You got a jellyfish uh, sting. Jellyfish, yeah, not stingrays. Whatever. Anyway, I think it might work for is, both equally. Yeah. I just, anytime anything bites me, I just piss on myself. My dog is, hey, Merle, Merle. Mosquito bites? Mosquito yeah, bites? Yeah. Just, just let, yeah, him, we just let it rip. up here in Maine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your dog's name is Merle. Yeah. Does it prefer Maine or L.A.? Uh, he's never seen L.A. I found him. I was driving across country back in November, and somebody tied him to a pole halfway down Route 66, literally Adrian, Texas. And, uh... He was like, where are you going, man? I was like, Boston. He's like, can I go? And I was like, all right. So he's been riding with me since November. And that's another part of the reason why I haven't gone back to L.A. is because I don't trust anybody to look after him the way the way I do. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I got um, it. <laughs> I got like, if, you know, if I go back to L.A. with him, I got to play reindeer games with my landlord. I got a nice little spot. And I'm just having fun out here doing podcasts in a stolen Massachusetts state police dress hat. I like the look of where you are. I think if I were there, I probably wouldn't go back to L.A. either. Oh, dude, I can show you some shit. Do you want to do a quick tour? Yeah, let's do a tour. We're going to do a tour of Matt Devlin's. Do we call this a cabin or is this? uh... This is my dad's fun house. Nice. Yep, he's got a, uh, is a that rifle? a 30-30? No, it's an old M1. Oh, nice. A carbine rifle. But uh, no no garages. No? Safe without a unsecured weapon. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. So that's the, gar- that's the garage of your father's house? Yeah. Nice. Got a tractor. Oh, yeah. we need a tractor in Maine. We got how, far, how far up in Maine are you? That's top secret information. <laughs> <laughs> and then out the back, it's beautiful. And it's it's quiet until the guns start going off. Which you're pretty safe right now, but you're getting ready to hear a lot of guns soon. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's just, just brass piled up everywhere. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I look forward to being up there in uh, in my fun house. Someday you're gonna love it. I mean, obviously you've Jeff's been here dream. before. It's uh, I have. It's a special part of the world, man. Yeah, my wife's not coming with me, so uh, I'm gonna go up there and probably spend like six months out of the year up there, and then come back here and be with my wife. If uh, she has me, she may she may decide she prefers me up there, which I think I'll prefer as well. Hmm. That's fine. You'll be like that. Uh, what's that dude's name that played football? That Tootin' Common guy who had a girlfriend on the other end of a computer. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Man, I damn. Yeah. <laughs> Way so to bring it all back, Matt. To that guy. <laughs> Hang on. Merle, come here. <laughs> Put that down. Spit it out. Spit it out. He come doesn't here. play football anymore, but he seems like he uh, signed a big enough contract to have a nice place wherever he is in that yeah, uh, documentary. Nice you, got, you got new probably, teeth, too. Lives in Hawaii. Uh, seems to be doing all right as a person, so that's good. Now, our last, our last story here. Uh, as uh, uh, Jeff sent me this, and this is just a great story. 
An 81-year-old Danish woman traveling from Africa to Canada was arrested at Warsaw Airport for suspicion of illegal possession of heroin worth over $515,000. So an 81-year-old woman trafficking $500,000 worth of heroin. I I just spoke to her grandson who said, we told her to boof it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the, the the i read the story and uh her excuse was that her grandchildren or her family gave her gifts to bring back to her other family in canada so she just yeah. grabbed the suitcase and went with the with the heroin which it's always the case for an 81 year old woman i mean it could go either way either she straight up knew what was going on or she was foisted some heroin to take back to canada by her uh scumbag grandkids who knows i don't trust the elderly no. They no. you you would think like my my grandparents they they the ones that are still with us they know what's going on. They're no yeah, fools. They 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 like they hit 60 and it's like a like a one-way ticket to play stupid for the rest of your fucking oh, life. 100%. My dad is a very smart man and he, yeah. he plays I don't I what are you talking about? A lot. No, no, I'm just like where did this come from? He's 70 we're, now. We're, yeah. Once you get your AARP card, you're supposed to be like, oh, I didn't know. There's this yeah. whole Seinfeld episode of the bookstore where the old people kept stealing books. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you couldn't do <laughs> that. You could awkwardly <laughs> long, hung, long, long hug young women at, at a certain oh, age. Yeah. 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 I, it, it's Pete, it's I an interesting. That recently to the point where I'm shocked I didn't say something. Really? Oh, come oh, on. This is an old guy just hugging this. Just an old I mean, guy. Fucking Leo DiCaprio put in less effort holding on to that plank of wood when that douchebag Winslet <laughs> wouldn't let him shimmy up there and save his life than this hug. This hug was like a stinking <laughs> fucking level hug. Not do, you know, do you know what's funny, though, now is the old people, they don't get the old people thing anymore because they've been, they were like young during the whole, like, this isn't cool anymore. Like, you can't. You can't just be ripping cigarettes in public places and you can't be like crazy uh, hugging women and doing all these creepy stuff because they're at the age now where they, they, they know that, but they're still just being well, like, but I wanted to be 80. And it, do this hey, stuff. listen, it's interesting that the term grandfathered in isn't applied to actual yeah, grandfathers. Yeah, right? <laughs> that is true. That's a good point. <laughs> but this is a whole, this whole this is a movie, the Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule, where, and this it's a, it was a true story. Where Mexican cartel people look for old white dudes that are like on their deathbed, throw a bunch of money at them, like, hey, you want to drive back and forth with a truck full of cocaine and no one's ever going to stop you? So, because you're just an old white guy who can go, I don't know. I, I just picked up this truck and I'm just driving it. I don't know. Where do I apply? Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. Car- cartel.com. Yeah. I find, I find the word listen to be captivating. And and I took up a mantle back there in uh, the early days of uh, remember the COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Forgot about that, it. Like any anytime somebody starts a sentence with listen, um, <laughs> I I immediately shut down. You don't listen and when you when you play this back. Uh, you'll hear it. You go ah listen, and half the time it's it's kind of harmless, and then the other half of the time it's like you're the world's foremost authority on what's coming out of your mouth. It, was the I the one that said, listen? Second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, I mean, I just, I, it fucking drives me up the wall Matt, to the point where, like, I shot a TV, but it's, like, that's what I that's shot what a TV. Is. It is, it is, <laughs> it is and, and a no, douchey I'm, thing I'm to say. Eighty-one year old, huh? I, it's a douchey thing to say. I, I admit it. Like, I'm, I'm demanding. Well, but that's why I didn't jump down your throat because you're not a douche. 
but it comes out and it's like it's such a it's such a shut up i'm talking thing and and i challenge everybody in america uh to to just fucking rail against it all right and old ladies smuggling heroin somebody's got to do it yeah, yeah. So what right? did we learn today? Well, the unfortunate <laughs> thing is that lane when you're on your bike, <laughs> the... <laughs> your old lady won't do a video chat with you. And then she suddenly dies. <laughs> Whatever. Shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Hey, whenever an old lady, whenever you need heroin smug smuggled, ask an old lady. We learned a lot today. I think actually. Yeah. yeah. The funny the other thing, thing is... when you say about listen though, is, uh, is when you watch sports and you're seeing the instant replay and the guy will be like, look at this. It's like, yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm watching the TV. I am looking at this. How is Alex Rodriguez still allowed to be on national fucking TV? It's an interesting thing. Line. It's still allowed to be on national TV as the face and the voice of what's going on in professional sports, a a, a multi-billion dollar uh, set of industries where kids aspire to like leadership. And we got what? line it and a and a fucking a cheating scumbag at the helm being the voice well at least liner does college football that was when he was good so I, at least he talks about college football it's matt liner and brady on, Quinn. i don't know i don't watch nfl shit anymore but i see him on tv when i'm drinking my breakfast at one o'clock on a saturday somewhere so is it college football only yeah he's college he's football so it's acceptable because he was actually good at college football he wasn't good at nfl did he but cheat yes. well so was teo i mean he, he took money yeah he, he, he obviously took money well actually now cheated, now cheated. do you now do you look at that differently now that there's nil because you can actually take money now yeah they, they can give the kids the money now officially which they've always been doing whatever unofficially yeah yeah i'm wearing a miami oh, hurricane tag. they can now no. Yeah, they, they can give historically. No, no, no it's re- they- it's only recently they've they've allowed uh they they consider it amateur to be in college and uh you could not be paid. Your payment was the education you were getting. Meanwhile, college football was making billions and billions of dollars and coaches yeah, would be paying millions and, shit, and millions right? of dollars and the actual product on the field wasn't allowed to get anything except for a $40,000 edu- a year education. <laughs> And finally, they've changed the rules where these kids can be paid. It's a double-edged sword because now there are there are going to be five schools that can pay and win at sports. But that was already happening, and it yeah, was already and and if you ask me, it was the guys that were already paying the most to have these kids at those schools. Uh, Matt, coming out of high school, what would someone pay you to to do out of high school? Buy beer. Buy beer, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you're 21 and a senior in high school. No, I had a uh, I had a crack and fake ID. My name at the time was Dean Spagnoli. Dean, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> Who was um, Dean Spagnoli? I was like six foot two with blue eyes, and that fake ID that got me through every goddamn liquor store on the South Shore, apart from the one next to the uh, Randolph Hockey Rink. Yeah. What, uh, who, who was Dean Spagnoli and how did you get? No idea. Somebody, somebody acquired his ID and gave it to me and said, Hey dude, close enough. Do you know who he is or no? Just some random. I tried looking him up, but, um, you had his address. Yeah. I think he, yeah, but that was a hundred years ago. (laughs) My, uh... I guess I think he works at state street or something. Do we got to beat this out? (laughs) (laughs) No, whatever. Dean Spagnoli. Um, I played club rugby for a military school up in Vermont and there was no budget. Like they didn't even give us like tape and water bottles. 
So that certainly wasn't, uh, you know. Yeah, you were getting paid. Work. Yeah. Yeah. But I we had, had fun, boy. I had my uh, my brother. My brother went to Colorado, lost his driver's license, and then got a liquor ID. Got a liquor ID for Colorado or something weird where, like, they wouldn't accept out-of-state IDs, so he got a liquor yeah. ID in Colorado where I lived there for a summer. It's not a liquor ID. It's called a state ID. It's just whatever. an identification. It doesn't allow you to drive. It was yeah, a it's a proof ID. of age for yeah. whatever you might need proof of age for. I got, a- I, I got caught the other day up here in Maine. Did you? I was buying, I was buying literally buying, like, uh, one of those, like, you know, one of those pounders. And... I know we see you. The audience does me. Wooden <laughs> yeah. sells me. Oh, is this all going out audio? Yes, it's all yeah, audio. It's audio. Oh. Matt, Matt has like, a lot like, big uh, gray beard. Like literally, yeah. looks like he could be anywhere from thirty-seven to sixty-eight. Some of the we'll hair, on, some of the hair in his bear, his beard may be nineteen years old. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, I mean it's at least thirteen. <laughs> but so I went with my. I would always go to the Florence, the liquor store. This old man would run it, and he never cared. And I would use my brother's ID, and then I drove up right in front. And as I walk in, I see him go to his friend who was just hanging out with him. He goes, watch this. And then as I walk up, I put up the 30-pack of whatever I was buying. And he looks at the ID, and he goes, are you trying to make my grandkids starve to death? Are you trying to get my my license taken away? Do you want me to get arrested? Do you?" And he started, like, laying into me. I was like, no, sir. No, sir. I, he gave he gave me the thing back, but I never went back ever again. He's dead. He has to be dead now. But it was uh, you were using your like, brother's liquor ID. I got lost there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was using my brother's liquor ID, and because uh, he was like, "Where's your?" Wh-? He's like, "How did you drive up here if you don't have a driver's license?" And I was just like, "Uh, uh, uh." Interesting. Twenty at the time. Interesting. I, you say that because my asshole brother did such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh well. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to uh, the Michael Bryan show. We want to thank Matt Devlin, uh, uh, Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com. We had a wonderful day today. We hope you had a wonderful day. We love you all equally. Have a wonderful and glorious day and ta-ta for now.